0: This is the antidote on 92.7 FM.
1: Good Lord, I need your mercy. See me from myself, I got it. Oh, big it out. Don't you know I got it? Oh, big it out. Truth by dirty hands. Joker smile, you think he understands, I know You got it all wrong
0: The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. The band Ravenhill have long been one of my favorites with their really interesting mix of old-time rock and roll with a big soul influence. You just heard the title track from their new album, Soul, which releases next Tuesday. And tonight, you get a first listen to the album. Frontman Josh Clifton met with me online for a talk about how soulful soul really is. Listen into our conversation and the new album, Soul. Soul. Josh Clifton of Raven Hill is here with the antidote. Josh, it's been a while, man. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I think you were the first podcast I ever did, uh, interview-wise. It was back. What was Cornerstone? Last Cornerstone?
0: Cornerstone.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me back.
0: It's great. Yeah, because we met at the final Cornerstone festival back in 2012. Yeah, you were originally from Southern Illinois. I mean which really isn't too far from the festival grounds. So what did cornerstone mean to you?
2: Uh it meant the world to me. Um I think it changed the climate uh, of Christian and non-Christian underground music. Um you're when you're given a stage to to people like MXPX and and other Tooth and Nail artists that maybe wouldn't have gotten that first big push. I mean I just I just remember showing up at Cornerstone and seeing 30,000 people there and going, this is my family. You know? <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And then you had music for everyone, whether you're into punk rock or hardcore. Or I remember they had a gothic tent and you, you had it for everyone. They even have a dance barn. So, I mean, I, I was sad to see it go. But, uh, but, man, I have fond memories of Cornerstone.
1: your so on fire. I black out the sun. That priest he called me a liar while blessing his own. I'm trying not to hurt you, babe, but I want you. I need you back for good. Not trying to be pretentious, babe, but I. The choir. Crowd's ready for blood. Hell breaks and here comes a fire. You're lost in the flood, but I'm just trying to protect you, babe, but I want you. I need you back for good. I'm not trying to be pretentious, babe, but I want
0: But now I've heard you got thrown out of Illinois and you had to move to Nashville.
2: Yeah, they, I guess they were tired of me. No, uh, you know, I love Southern Illinois and I love being from that area. And and we had a lot of family and, and friends there. And, and our first supporters were there. But it just really made sense. Instead of moving to like Los Angeles or New York, it made sense to maybe move to Nashville if I was really want to try to find a hub and, and be around like-minded people to really spur me on and push me to become a better artist. You know, unfortunately, Southern Illinois, as great as it has been for music, in my opinion, like I think Illinois and maybe even some of Indiana and Kentucky and, and Missouri had some great talent come from that area. But it's, it's one of those things where I think it was time for us to, to move and... It wasn't an easy decision, but Nashville was the obvious, obvious choice.
0: Well, not just as a band, but you're doing other stuff down there. You do the Youngblood podcast.
2: Yeah, man, I, I, I've i been doing that for uh, almost a year. And um, people that haven't heard of the Youngblood podcast, it's been very surprising. Um, Successful, and I didn't think it would be. <laughs> to be honest with you, and what's funny is, I guess that's a lot to do with like a lot of what I do. Like even whenever I started Ravenhill, um, if people want to go back to like, I think I, I looked it up. I think uh, I was on your podcast October tenth, two thousand eleven, um, and a lot has changed since then. But one thing that that didn't change was like the surprise will love it as much as they do. Um, I remember saying. Well, I'm going to always make music, but no one's going to want me to sing Soulful. And no one's going to like that. Why would they like that? It's the same way uh, uh, with the podcast. I kind of thought, I have some pretty interesting friends and pretty successful friends. And I I thought, we sit there and talk about music all the time. Why not put a microphone in front of us and really uh, just dive into... (laughs) Oh, sorry, I got a a little one running around. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's good, man.
2: But um, to sit down and think about, like, if there was a, a soundtrack to their life that led them to be the musician that we loved them, came to love them, then I want to hear that soundtrack. Uh, I've mentioned MXPX already a couple times, but I remember me and David Curtis one time, we found some press passes. We knew that MXPX was doing a press conference and we wanted to be in there. And I remember him as someone saying what was your influence for this last record? And he said, well, I listened to Elvis Costello's This Year's Model and Rich Mullins. So I went and bought uh, Rich Mullins' Greatest Hits album and Elvis Costello's This Year's Model. Oh, so, man,
0: talk about divergent styles.
2: For real. And, and I felt like I had a deeper uh, understanding of that record. Um, uh, the record they were talking about is The Ever Passing Moment by MXPX, and it was one of those things where I thought, I, I kind of understand it maybe a little bit more because I got to hear part of his process or what influenced him to get there. And I was probably looking into it maybe a little too deep or trying to find, find truths in there where there weren't. Like, I was like, oh, you probably got this from this. But it probably was just me being a young kid uh, wanting to think that I was, like, the biggest fan in the world. But...
1: <laughs> you go for just dig that ditch, oh baby Gotta get my head out of the clouds Gonna make my mama proud Gonna make my mama proud Rock and roll can save my soul Gotta get my head out of the clouds Gonna make my mama proud Gonna make my mama proud
0: How about we steal that same question and put it back to you? All uh, right. So, okay, what music inspired you to produce the music that you create?
2: Um, actually, uh, someone you had in the podcast recently, Sean Michelle, is a really good friend of mine, and he said one time we're blenders, and whether it's good music or bad music, we're it's influencing us one way or another. But if I also to had to nail down certain people, it'd be Ray Charles and Johnny Cash. Uh, I grew up in a home where I wasn't allowed to listen to even hard Christian music and I could listen to oldies or contemporary Christian music and I dove into all that. Uh, I was a huge fan of Carmen, but <laughs> I was also a huge fan of you know Led Zeppelin and Jim Croce and, and all that. I interned for a few years at an oldies radio station and I ended up working there um, because I absolutely loved old music. I just, I just thought there was something great about the hook. And something the way that Johnny Cash and Ray Charles delivered music, it felt like if they didn't deliver it that way, it was going to kill them. And I hope that's what happens when people see us live. Uh, The way I sing and the way I deliver a song, I believe every word. And it would kill me if I felt like I was doing anything that wasn't genuine.
0: Well, it's interesting that you bring up those two artists because... Ray Charles and Johnny Cash both have really distinctive vocal styles. That fits with you, too. You have a really distinctive voice.
2: Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, I always think that I have a cliché voice, so that feels good to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think everyone's kind of like their own critic, and no one likes it. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you listen to yourself after you left a voice message, and you go, Oh, that's my voice? Dang it. I thought I sounded like Robert Goulet or something. No, um... But thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, part of me is like, when I heard Ray Charles for the first time, or not for the first time, but the first time I bought a record and listened to him, I think only a few people can tap into the way they deliver. And it almost, there's a disparity. And it's almost painful the way they deliver the song, because it's a love-hate relationship. If you write a song that's about heartache, for me, I almost have to be in that moment of heartache. Every time I deliver that song, but you're loving the way you're doing it. So you kind of, it's conflict, you know, Uh, but I love it. I mean, I'm not complaining by any means. (laughs) This is Josh Clifton from Ravenhill and you're listening to soul on the anime.
1: know you.
0: But, of course, the new album, Soul, it's much more stripped down than, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you.
1: Oh, totally.
2: This record's been a long time coming out. We've had a lot of good problems, I guess I should say. Um, And thank God our, our fans have been patient with this. You know, this record, if it comes out on February 24th, we record it February two years prior. We were in the studio recording it. And two years on one record is almost suicide. Um, But we found the right partnership with the producer. We produced with uh, Mitch Dane uh, at Sputnik Sound. Sputnik Sound has partnered with a lot of great bands like the Black Keys and Jack White and and bands like that. It made sense, and we recorded straight to tape and really tried to capture the essence of our live show. Um, You know, we get told a lot man, your record's great, but live, you're just so much better. And I think that'll probably maybe sometimes be, all, uh, may always be the case, but doesn't mean we're not going to try to make the record sound as, as close to that live performance and the way the crowd feels in that live setting. We're trying to capture that on a
0: record. And you do because you have a dynamic live show. And I know sometimes that's hard to translate to a recording.
1: Yeah, I... I'm people
2: better than me and recording and, and producing and maybe even being musicians have figured that out. Um, But I can tell you like some of the best bands I've ever seen, I've enjoyed their records, but live is always better. and, And I'm okay with that. I just recently saw the Foo Fighters at the Ryman Auditorium and man, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. And at the same time, Live, I was just blown away. I, did, I didn't think I could like them much more than I already did. And live, they're just so much better. And it made me feel pretty good because that's something we get told a lot is like, I like your record, but the live show is so good. Well, I'm, I, I love that. But I, I love that if you come see us, that, that you're not going to see the show that we played the night before. And you're probably going to see a show that's never going to be done again because we do a lot of things off the cuff to make sure we're on our toes we never want to be on our heels we we want to always be running towards something new i, I just don't want to get comfortable to be honest with you and i think we've found the right team to do that with we're we, we the record's going to be coming out with the record label slow speak records uh a lot of that stuff was because we built relationships over the past two years and The two guys that run that, James and Davey, Davey Basinger was in a band called Bleach back in the day. Um, They really saw something special in us, and we always wanted to work with the label that made us feel like they wanted to be with us as much as we wanted to be with them. Because to be honest with you, the past two years, we've been talking to several labels, and other labels we talked to made me feel like they were doing me a favor. And so it just didn't seem right to be on a record label that we didn't feel like a family
0: true because i've heard other artists talk about you know the horror story of the record label that they hooked up with
2: yeah i was terrified man Ravenhill raven hill is something so uh precious to me I, don't, I wouldn't want to do anything to cheapen that and uh there were several times we thought we're not going to sign to a label we're gonna stay independent and we're in a time that you can be but man i just i just absolutely love slow speak they're innovative, they're smart, and they really do know how to take care of a band and have a family atmosphere and still be successful in the process.
1: A storm came in without a warning. I've been getting away with far too much. Enough is never. Been. came in the world fell silent the words he spoke they make me feel at home and I don't feel so alone when things we put our faith into crumble to the ground never shy from my father's work showing the love I found Fortify my next of kin, my heart is going down And if you don't hear from me, I'll be six feet in the ground Lord, six feet in the ground Down on my knees I grab my chest for something I gave you The beating says it's here I was told, boy, you'll never get up Don't you worry when this world knocks you down You learn to just let go into crumbles to the ground. Never shy from my father's word, showing the love I found. Notify my next up, and my heart is gone.
0: loving witches talking yeah. about casting out demons, you know, and exposing faults and others. But you nail it when you say, okay, we ignore our own sin. You know, oh, so you're, you're firing both barrels at Christians, man.
2: <laughs> you're not making it easy on me right now, are you? No way. Um, we don't play a lot of Christian shows. We we end up being asked to play bars and clubs more than anything, but it seems like the Christian shows we play are normally festivals. I have nothing against... um playing Christian shows. Actually, we will play just about anywhere. Uh, Christian, non-Christian, we played in a gay bar before. I don't know if you knew that. And it was phenomenal. It was great. But I do think that we don't have a clue what it means to love people. And when Christ said to love one another, I don't know if we necessarily understand that. Christians and non-Christians, but we're called to love one another But I think it was Billy Graham that said, and I'm sure I'm going to get emails about how I messed this up. Um, (laughs) The Holy Spirit convicts, God judges, I'm just supposed to love. And that speaks volumes to me because I keep hearing Christ say, he without sin cast the first stone. And man, Dave, I'm, I'm the first to tell you that there are things in my life that are not an accurate representation of Christ. And I'm constantly striving to eliminate those things and and, and replace those with truth. You know, honestly, uh, not to sound suicidal, but witches is more probably geared towards myself than anything. I'm probably putting that double-barrel shotgun to myself more than anything. Uh, because how many times have I done things in the past that I tagged God onto it, but it was for my own self-pride or... Or, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm super spiritual. <laughs> um, I feel like there's a lot of people that can relate to that. you know. And, and at the same time, I don't want, want there to seem like a condemnation at all. I just want people to think about why we do things. A lot of times, God doesn't need our help. Um, he allows us to be a part of it. Uh, he's going to be God, whether I try to make a movement happen or not. I just want to be a part of that movement and I have to make myself available. So I think that's what that song's about. There's a lot of people, including myself, uh, including Ravenhill, that um, sometimes we do things and we think this is what God wants us to do. But then we end up putting God's name to the dirt and, and we're supposed to be holy. And sometimes we're not holy. Uh, we're not separate from everything that's filthy. And that's something that I think that song speaks volumes about. And I think that's what came of it anyway. I hope that's what comes across. I hope it doesn't seem like I'm saying to hell with the church. <laughs> Cause that's not what, I, that's not what I'm, I'm meaning at all.
1: We burned all the witches. We set the world on fire. We sang with candles in our hands. And this could be an anthem of... What we're coming to Giving guilty credit to you We cast out the demons Then we'll drink another round We stand where no one's to be found And I could be the prophet Of these unholy truths Never mind the state that my soul is in Understand What well, he got old What he got old Let me tell you about a man that was scared Cause he never seen to find that one He let her go Hold my breath
0: The here with Josh Clifton of Ravenhill. On Soul, you've also included a few songs from the past, like Oh Mercy and Wicked Man. Why yeah. did you think those songs needed a retelling?
1: Um,
2: Oh Mercy was the first full song we ever wrote, and I always thought it had something special. Whenever we were in the studio with Mitch, we rewrote just about every song to some extent, whether it was a little tweak here and there or... Uh, like in Old Mercy, where we added that whole what Mitch called the super chorus. I remember one time we, were, we sat there with acoustic guitars and ran through all the songs, and we probably showed him about 15 songs, and we picked the best 10 out of those 15. And, uh, um, and I remember him going, what would be really cool is what if you put a super chorus here? And I go, Mitch, if you call it a super chorus, I'm definitely going <laughs> to want to put it in there. Um, what's better than a chorus? A super chorus. That part that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it had the gang vocals. And, um, and then I rewrote the, the, um, the chorus of Oh Mercy. And I really liked the way it had come together. It's almost revisiting a song, but it's almost like you would want to call it a different song, like Oh Mercy Part Two or whatever, you know, because it really did take on another, another dynamic in that beginning
1: part of the song. This life is hard and I need you, Lord. So won't you take my hand? And I may fall, I may stumble. Oh Lord, I'm just a man.
2: Always been that sleeper hit for us, where people come up to us and say, "I bought Lions and Wicked Man is my favorite song." What's hilarious is I wrote that song the day before we recorded as an intro to the record, and never thought much of it other than like this will be an intro to the record, and we end up um, thinking it would be kind of neat to kind of approach it as a real song as a as opposed to um, just a an
0: intro. So you surprised yourself with that song?
3: Yeah, I really did. Uh, I was listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin at the time, and and that whole record is pretty uh, guitar driven. I remember I had an acoustic guitar right next to me as I was driving. I don't suggest this um, while driving down the interstate, <laughs> but I would just hit. I knew it was an E, and I I, I came up with that. No, I, I can't sing. <laughs> And it was just going to be that for about 30 seconds into the song. And then ended up coming up with uh, that, those little verses. Oh, like, I'm a and all that. And I was like, well, that's neat. I guess when we recorded it, I thought it was going to be about a minute long because I'm horrible at time, being on time anywhere. But uh, um, it ended up being about two, two two and a half minutes long. And I was like, well, this is a whole song. So I ended up uh, revisiting that. And really kind of given it its own, like every song that we redid, maybe other than Blood on the Church Floor, we really tried to revisit in a way how could we make this song better? If we couldn't make it better, then we didn't want it to be on the record.
1: No, I, I can't sing. No, I, I can't sing. Without your love, without your love I can't sing, no I can't sing Well my heart's been aching, I'm a bended knee Never gonna get enough love to me Cause I'm always running from the wicked man From the wicked man No, I, no, I, I can't sing, I can't sing, without your love, without your love, without your love, without your love, I can't sing, I can't sing,
0: no, I can't sing,
1: no, I can't sing.
0: You brought up Blood on the Church Floor, and that's the closer for soul. And I've always been curious as to how that song came about. You, do you want to explain about the song and what inspired you to create it? Uh,
2: uh, it's a really simple and Let me tell you the process that happened first. Like uh, me and my friend David Curtis, we were um, sitting in my front room, and my father was there. I remember listening to uh, Leonard Cohen's uh, "Hallelujah." Oh yeah, that's such a great song, and the way he delivered "Hallelujah." the way he said that, that slow hallelujah felt like a praise worship song, the way he was doing it. And, and still yet there was so much more than just that in it. I felt, and I thought, what if we put for lack of a better term, like some balls behind that and really uh, speed it up a little bit and try to make that a sing along uh, anthem. That is all I had. Uh, I had the hallelujah part and In a matter of like 15, 20 minutes, me and David, uh, he was helping me. But for the most part, I came up with verses and choruses and, and everything. Not to sound over spiritual, but if God gave us any song, that would be it. It was pretty simple. I remember saying, I kept saying blood on the church floor for some reason. And I was like, well, I can't call it that. And I can't say that. That, that would be a little sacrilegious, maybe, come across as a little bit, like, irreverent. And I remember my dad getting a little upset uh, and saying, you don't think that people have died in the church? You don't think people have given their lives uh, and been martyrs in a church? You think that the church is free of violence? Because you're wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, and he really got on my case. He goes, if God gives you something, you better have the guts to, to stand by it. And... I remember jokingly, I want to say, "Well, I guess we're going to call it blood on the church floor then <laughs> you know? Um, but my father went on to be with the Lord three years ago, and and that's one thing that I feel like I learned from him, much like I learned from like Ray Charles, the way he was a pastor and the way he delivered songs, and uh, Ray Charles delivered songs, the way my dad delivered his sermons, had the same kind of disparity and had the same type of urgency that that I think. Neither of them said anything they didn't believe and delivered it in a way that made the listener connect and believe it too.
1: Just a boy and his mama Refugees in a land that's gone astray Underground they they praise his name Where it's illegal Pray. In walks a man in hills. his army broke through the door with death on his hands. He fixed his aim, but mama stayed and now she's gone. Oh Lord, she's gone now there's blood on the church floor i hear that roar of a sunday crowd now there's blood on that church floor cause we sing
0: Listening to Ravenhill's new album, Soul, on the Antidote. Josh is a regular listener to the podcast, as he mentioned a couple times during the show. You can also be a subscriber by checking it out onto iTunes. And while you're at it, check out Josh Clifton's Young Blood podcast, too, because it's really quirky, fun, and awesome. Well, at this time, I usually fill you in as to what is coming up next week on The Antidote, but next week we're not going to be here because The Antidote isn't really quite geeky enough to fit Trent Radio's annual Geek Day. Tune in anyway for some really unique and definitely geeky programming. We're going to head back to Josh and another killer track from Soul called The Thrill, and we'll see you again in two weeks' time. Well, Josh, is Ravenhill going to be touring Seoul? Do you think there's any chance you're going to actually come all the way up to Canada?
1: I want to so bad.
2: (laughs) Like this last year was the first time I even seen Canada from Niagara Falls. And it looks so nice. And I would love to come up. Um, Yes, we're going to be hitting the road in March for sure. I think we're going to, uh, we'll probably be at South by Southwest. And then we'll head up to the West Coast again. But shortly after that, we might take a month off or so and play some local shows. But then our plan is to go up to Buffalo, New York again and hit New York and Pittsburgh and, and Ohio and maybe play some shows with our label mates, Fever Fever. But well, if anyone's listening to this that, would, that likes what they're hearing, man, they're more than welcome to contact us on Facebook or any of our social medias. You can go to ravenhillband.com and message us, and I will get that specifically and we would love to come to Canada.
0: Hey, I almost forgot. Where can everybody get a copy of Soul?
2: Uh it'll be on just about anywhere online that you want to uh where you get your uh, get your medicine, <laughs> uh, iTunes or Amazon and we'll be on Pandora and Spotify and then they can go to ravenhillband.com and or slowspeakrecords.com and buy the record there. If you want physical and then we're, we are going to be coming out with vinyl uh, about a month or so after it releases. We'll be releasing the vinyl, but yeah, you definitely be able to get it through us for sure
0: awesome well Josh it's been great having you back on the antidote
2: well it was it was fun, man. I appreciate it and uh, I listen to it every week and and uh, uh I think you were one of the guys you, there are a handful of friends and people I met that really influenced me to do my own podcast and and uh and you do a great job, Dave.
0: Well, best of luck with that Youngblood podcast and, I guess, the new album, too.
2: Thanks, man. I've been called a liar.
1: Oh, my mistakes will be the end of me. I've been set on fire. Oh, to what degree. So get hit your hits in A thing brings a man to his knees. Are you so your fate? Does the devil know your name? I bet you're sick and tired. If he don't bend, you'll break. You'll be stuck in between. I've been called a sinner. I've been called the saint.